Good morning, High School First Methodist Church. Good morning. And good morning to those of you that are watching online. We appreciate that so much. And if you please put in the comment section, I'm, nobody's responding to where you're watching from, so if you could put that in there, we're sort of curious about that. And any prayer requests that you have, be sure and put that in there also. Also, we'd like to, I'm sure you noticed, we have lighting of the candles this morning, and Isabella is the one that did that for us. We appreciate her wanting to do that and volunteer, so she wasn't coaxed into that. All right, for our announcements that we have this morning, Food Pantry Distri Distribution Day is April 15th. Uh, Brother Danny and Kathy are working on that. And birthdays this month, Jeff Maine. <laughs> Daniel Walker and Janice, we got you, Jeff. All right. <laughs> and next up on our announcements is from the attendance uh, last week, pretty good. And then our offering was up from uh, the week before. I, I told this story one time when I was a finance chairman at uh, Trustville Methodist Church. And, you know, every November the finance chairman had to get up for new pledges and find out what their budget was going to be next year. So I was giving the speech and I was telling the story about a preacher got up one day and was talking about next year's budget. And he told the congregation, I've got good news and bad news. And they said, well, tell us the good news. He said, the good news, we've got all the money we need next year for our budget. And everybody sort of clapped, and I thought, well, what could be the bad news? He said, the bad news is it's still in your pocket. <laughs> 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 hey, Betty, I counted 31 in the, actually, in the service last week. Oh, did you? Okay. It is, it is 31. Okay, 31 should be the number. Okay. All right, we're good on that. Next up on our announcements... Anything else, Marsha? Yeah, got the birthdays. And the recipes, we're still looking for those. Marsha is the one that's coordinating that. And just get with her on any recipes you want to turn in for our updated uh, cookbook. That's it. Okay, also, our meet and greet for our people that are watching online. We always want to include them in the service and let them know that we sort of see them when they look at us. Are you ready back there, Jimmy? All right, there they are. Give them a wave. Tell them, glad to have you here. Celebrate this day of Christ risen from the dead. Psalms 13, 6 says, I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. So let's be sure and shout that out today when we sing uh, the hymns we have today. I've got a selection, some of them, a lot of, a lot of different notes, and hopefully we can keep, I can keep up and we can go along with it. So if you'll please stand for the first hymn, number 302, Christ the Lord is risen today. And we're sending, or singing, verses 1, 2, 5, and 6.
instead of saying Happy Easter to you today, I want to greet you by saying something a little different. The tomb is empty. Hallelujah. Or maybe we greet each other by saying, He is risen and I am redeemed. Or maybe we greet each other by saying, Death has lost its hold on me. Amen. Maybe we greet each other by saying, Glory to God for the third day. Why don't you take time right now and just turn to each other and say, He is risen and I am redeemed. I want to encourage everybody online. We want to welcome you in, but I want you to type in the comments. Say something like, the tomb is empty, hallelujah, or he is risen and I'm redeemed as your way of greeting us back. I'm excited today because even though Mother Nature tried to freeze us to death last night, I'm in the hopes that that was just to kill those last mosquitoes that were hanging on. I know that's not true, but I, that's my hope and my prayer. But we woke today to a beautiful sunrise, perfect weather, a breeze that was blowing. And I'll be honest, that breeze, when I walked outside, I was like, Holy Spirit, if this is you, come, engulf us. Let us feel you today. It was beautiful. And what better day for it to be beautiful than when we celebrate He is alive. As we continue into our worship, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear gracious Lord, as we celebrate Easter, your victory over death through Jesus, hell and sin have lost their hold on us. God, we fall down before you and we worship you. We cry out with all the others around the world today, saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain. For we have been given the power, the wealth, the wisdom, the strength to honor and glory and praise you. Through the blood of Christ. May all creation bow down before you today. Because you are the King of Kings. You are the Lord of Lords. You have the victory. You've conquered death. May they freely bow today. Because we know. Because we're told by scripture. That one day every knee will bow. Whether they want to or not. Because there is a day you're coming back. And today we rejoice. In your promises. That you've given to us all through scripture. God, I pray that our, our worship today is pleasing to you. And God, whatever it is in our lives that is not pleasing, I ask that you prune it, remove it, and show us where you need us to grow closer to you in all of our days. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son. Amen. If you'll please stand for the next hymn, number 327, crown him with many crowns, first, second, and fourth verse, and please remain standing for the affirmation of faith.
taken from Psalm 114, 1 through 8. It's talking about the God of the Exodus. When Israel went out of Egypt, the house of Jacob from a people of strange language, Judah was his sanctuary and Israel his dominion. The sea saw it and fled. Jordan was driven back. The mountains skipped like rams and the little hills like lambs. What ailed thee, O thou sea, that thou fladest, thou Jordan, that thou wast driven back? Ye mountains that skipped like rams, and ye little hills like lambs, tremble, thou earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, which turned the rock into a standing water, the flint into a fountain of waters. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. It's the time of our service where we lift our prayer requests and our praise reports to the Lord. Do we have prayers or praise? John and Linda. Absolutely, praying for John and Linda. John said hospice had his pain medication a little bit better. He's taking some of Good. Praying for, their, praying for their whole family through this. And continue to pray for Valerie. Yes, Valerie. Praying for Doug. Yes, Doug praying for Doug. And Marie. Yes, sir. Uh, Robert Davis, a fellow life brother, had a stroke. Definitely praying for Robert. Anyone else? The church is going through the sermon. Yes, the church is. Especially Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely. That's heavy on my heart. We're praying for the strength of, of. Um, God's will to show up, regardless of the agenda of man, God's will just showing up. And also for the hearts to be obedient to follow it. Because we all know that's a hard task sometimes. I'll be the first to admit, I had been a kingdom brat, and I have kicked and screamed and said, I don't want to do this. Let's be honest, the Holy Spirit says, all right, well, when you're done, get up. We're still going to do it my way. But, you know, yeah, that's a, that's a, we're definitely praying for the churches. Going through discernment. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Got two. Please keep Holly in prayers. She's going through a tough time right now. She's trying to get her license and all this. She's going through a difficult phase right now. And continue praying for me. Absolutely praying for you and for Holly. Absolutely. At this time, let's, let's take all of our unspoken prayers to God. The prayer rails are always open at any point during the service. You never have to wait for an invitation for that. But let's, let's take our unspoken prayers to the Lord.
Dear gracious Heavenly Father, we come to you with humble hearts on bended knee at the foot of the cross. God, as we lift our hearts to you, we ask that you pour out your healing grace upon all who are sick, injured, facing difficult decisions, feel like they're being persecuted, abused, discarded, or maybe they feel like there's no hope in sight. Today of all days, may your hope and mercy and grace fall upon them and they see you with new eyes. God, grant us the willingness to accept the help, help of others and the support from others. Help us to become aware of your presence. Strengthen our minds, our bodies, and our soul. We ask that you remove everything that the enemy is trying to use against us, like stress and grief and sorrow. Remove the blinders that the enemy is trying to place upon us. Please guide us through this path, this life. Give us so much peace that is poured upon this that in the presence of our enemies they experience the same peace because it comes from you and now we pray with one voice the way you taught your disciples to pray so long ago our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Please stand for the next song, number 504, The Old Rugged Cross, and we're singing the first and last verse of that song.
Because that's one thing I don't ever want to be ashamed of is worship and praise. Because I'm telling you now, ain't no rock going to outpraise me. I'm just, I'm just saying. All right. Get off my soapbox. It's at that point in our service where we give back, so if our ushers will please come forward. Let's pray. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus, overcame death and opened the grave to everlasting life, grant that we who celebrate the joy of today, the Lord's resurrection, that when he was raised from the death for our sins, through the Spirit, that all who believe will live and reign with you forever. Dear gracious Lord, as we prepare to give back the first fruits of all that you have given to us, we ask that you take these, you bless them and multiply them. But God, always, most important, show us how to be in your will to use these to reach one more for your precious kingdom. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son, Christ. Amen. Doxology. I was going to try to sing this morning. I've got an extra gadget or two, so I'm trying to make sure I've got it all covered. That's good. Mike's working.
looking in your bulletin, and there's a typo, and it's my fault. I sent out the scriptures, and it's supposed to be 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 8. <coughs> this is why I like to have people proofread. And I always, like most of you, proofread after I get sinned. So that's my fault. It's talking about the resurrection of Christ. And I think in this scripture, it also talks about much that we as a church have experienced. So starting in verse 1, 15th chapter of 1 Corinthians, it says, Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the, the gospel I preached to you, which you have received, in which you stand. We've done that, church. We read it again. Now, I'd remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I've preached. You received, and not too long ago, church, you took a stand. And by which you are saved, if you hold fast to the word that is preached, unless you believe in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also have received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance to the scripture, that he was buried, and he was raised on the third day in accordance with scripture, and that he appeared to Cephas, it's Peter's name in Aramaic. And then he appeared to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 at one time, of whom most are still alive, but some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James and then to the apostles. Last of all, to the one untimely born, he appeared also to me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Dear gracious Lord, the resurrection of your son has given us new life and renewed hope. Help us live as new people in pursuant as we, as we walk this path. Many call Christianity, but really it's a holy and pleasing life to you. Grant us the wisdom to know what we must do, how we must do it. Give us the will to want to do it, the courage, what it takes to do it the perseverance to continue doing it, and the strength to complete it. Because, God, on that day, all we want to hear is, Well done, faithful servant. We ask all things in the precious and holy name of your risen Son, Christ, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. This morning is Easter Sunday. We remember the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. We celebrate the work of Jesus. We celebrate the Gospels. But in this chapter... This is the most extensive details of the resurrection. This is both the resurrection of Jesus, but also it talks about the resurrection of the believers. That is the promise of gospel. To begin his teachings about the, the resurrection of believers, Paul reviewed the evidence that Jesus had eyewitnesses. It was the church. It's noted in scripture. It was the apostles. And it's the message that we are to carry to all the corners of the earth. This is not a new message, but for the Corinthians it was. But I want to draw your attention to a phrase. It says, unless you believe in vain. You see, by this statement, Paul is saying, and he's calling attention to the fact that many, and this is going to step on toes, many have shallow or non-saving faith. Today is the day that we really want to pray for those. We're not judging. We want them to have that close relationship with God. They've not fully confessed their hearts. They've not fully surrendered their life. We've all been there. Parts of our areas of our lives, we're still there. It might sound harsh, but what Paul is saying is that some believers only believe as much as the demons did. Meaning, I know who you are. I'm not going to submit. I'm not going to surrender. But as true believers, we're to hold fast to the gospel. I don't know if y'all are on Facebook and you've seen the little video and I love it. There's this guy and he sat there and, and God says, take my hand. And he reaches up. He says, all right, we're going to do this together. He goes, okay. And it's all peaceful. And then he says, are you ready? And the guy says, I'm ready. And I don't know what he does, but he takes his camera and starts doing this as he's running. And sometimes that's how it feels. 
Like God's running, taking off, and we're holding on for dear life because it is the ride of a century. It is a roller coaster of joy. And I'm so thankful he gave me a seat. But now let's look at this phrase, according to the scripture. Or in accordance with scripture. In the Old Testament, it spoke of the suffering and the resurrection of Christ. Jesus, Peter, and Paul all quoted and referred to the Old Testament as the works of Christ. For the traditional Jewish people who studied scripture, who knew it inside and out, never even had to look back at the book. They saw that Christ was checking off all the boxes. Everything that was prophesied to them. But some of them had a very hard time seeing it because it was happening in their lifetime. And they had an understanding that when he came, he would overthrow the Romans. And this made them doubt Jesus as the Messiah. So now let's talk about the importance of the testimony of the eyewitness, which supports the reality. This appearance took place over a 40-day period. But what is the gospel? I'm afraid that, like we've said before, there are many words that have become twisted or diluted in meaning. Words like epic, literally, love. Albert Einstein, Einstein said it best. He defined insanity as doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. But actually, that's not the true definition. I fear that so many times in our society, we apply a definition that fits us. Instead of reading the definition and seeing how, how we might or might not fit in the category. There's another thing that has lost meaning. And that's the gospel. The true meaning. What today really is. When it all boils down to it, I believe in this chapter, Paul is trying to remove any question of what the gospel means. You see, Paul is very careful about laying out the basics of the gospel, the elements, literally element by element. He says, I passed it on to you as an importance which all I also have received. Let's talk about that for a minute. As we gather on Easter morning, I want to point out that there's actually three things that are very important that I think the world has, if you will, dumbed down. The first is Paul is speaking about the gospel, which is specifically one gospel. Because we have one Lord. The Trinity, but one. There are many religions that have multiple gods, and they pick their gods based on what they want in their life. I'm so thankful that our God picked us. Amen. So thankful. He says, I want to make it clear to you. He says, the gospel I preached, and you've heard me say over and over time, time again, we're all called to preach, and we don't know where God's going to put our pulpit. Sometimes it's that Sunday afternoon meal after church because somebody's listening. He goes on to say, the one that, that which you've received... The one which you've taken a stand on. The one which by you have been saved. The one that was passed on to you and also the one that I received. It's one. Paul says that Christ died for our sin according to scripture. He's telling them we have not varied from our tradition as Jewish people. He said, and he's checking the boxes here for them. Jesus died. Check he was raised on the third day according to scripture. Check. He appeared to the people. Check. He appeared to Peter. That's Peter's name in Aramaic in the um, scripture. Check. He appeared to the apostles. Check. He appeared to the multitude, the 500. Check. To James. Check. He's telling them, it's here. I don't think our society is any different from theirs. Honestly, I think if a man walked through the door right now, and he said, I'm Jesus, and he did miracles. We'd be like, let me tell you something. There was some crazy man walked up in here. We didn't know what to do with him, but we fed him. We had some meals, and we said, bless your heart. We ain't no different from them, y'all. Until we get a chance to sit down and go, did you see those boxes were getting checked off? Hmm, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Wished I woulda. I have questions. Some of y'all remember Pat Purdy. I love having a conversation with her. The recent conversation I had with her, she said, let me tell you something. When I cross in pearly gates, I'm having a sit down with Daniel. <laughs> Peter, I got some bones to pick with Thomas. 
As believers, we have to fully believe with our heart. Our eyes will deceive us. The enemy will whisper into our ears so that we don't understand what we're hearing. But he goes on and he says, you know, think about James. James probably was not very impressed with Jesus. He grew up with him. You can think of the pranks. I was telling y'all earlier how poor little Natalie, my great niece, she's four. She grew up with all these boys that are age 25 to 11. They put her in dance. First thing she does, she puts a kid in a headlock. <laughs> you know, James is probably like, oh, it's Jesus again. He's doing his stuff. But after the resurrection, when Jesus appeared to James, think about how it changed. Because he was now a follower. He was changed by the gospel. And then he appeared to Paul. And, and it keeps going on and on and on. And Paul keeps going back to this to them. Going, think about it. He knew him on a level that we didn't. And he says he checks all the boxes. Second thing to remember is the power of the gospel. I love this scripture. I love the 15th chapter because of all the details. It changes lives. And Paul says... That the Corinthians are taking their stand on the gospel. Church, y'all have done that. Check that box. Y'all said, I got to follow my heart. My heart's following the Holy Spirit. Check that box. People are saved from their sins by the gospel and not by being hit over the head with hellfire and brimstone. True, hellfire and brimstone's there. But Jesus wasn't throwing it at people. He spoke life into their situation. He shared with them the love of God the Father. And the hardened hearts started to soften. The gospel is powerful. We cannot forget the power of the gospel. This gospel is not to put on the display of Jesus' power. Jesus did not stand there and was not boastful. But it's to show that how we truly lead as Christians is to be servants, to speak life, to do life with each other, even in the hard times, in the good times, in the uncertain times, because we are supposed to be one family, adopted into one family of God's. Gospel is powerful. Paul laid out some history about the life and the death and the burial of, resurre of the resurrection of Christ. And he points to actual people whom he's telling the Corinthians, they're still alive, go ask them. If you don't believe me, go ask them. Same thing I said to you, don't take my word. Read it for yourself. Let the Holy Spirit tell you what it is. He's saying to them they can offer the witness. They can say, yes, I saw it, he's alive. Yes, I saw he was in the tomb. Yes, I saw he was buried. And he appeared to me. I like to say they would say, oh, I saw the piercing in the hands. He showed them to me. Paul points out that the resurrection of Christ is historical. For all the doubters, all those that say, that's just nonsense. I'll be honest, I've had couples that have came to me and said, that's nonsense. You're just trying to deal with life. I tell them that in that moment, when... I was sitting in the corner of my room with the lights off and I'm crying and I'm wrapped in depression and suicidal thoughts. And I said, I don't know if you are real. And at this point, I don't care. I'm numb to the world. But if you are real, you're going to have to show me because right now I don't believe in you. Let me tell you something. I'm telling you for a fact, the air around me swirled and it changed temperatures. And that's the first night I slept the whole night in about 10 years. And I woke up the next day going, I don't know what that was, but I want it. That next day was Sunday, and I walked into Clear Branch. If you'd have told me on that night, when I said, God, I don't believe in you, you're going to have to show me. If you'd told me that night that I'd be sitting here today, I'd be like, I don't know what you're drinking, but you need to put that down. That's a little bit much. See, God calls all of us to share the gospel. Amen. And I can't tell you how many times I've walked into a jail with a jail ministry, and there's someone sitting there. And they don't want to talk. They're done. The world has used and abused me. Get out of my face. And I share a little bit of that testimony. They kind of turn and look at you. You? Oh, yeah. You want to see my scars? I was cutting too. You want to see that? But that doesn't happen anymore. 
Because the gospel's real. Jesus is alive. And he did come to me. And he did change my life. And everything that the enemy was telling me, you're not worthy, you're not doing this, you're not doing this. Why are you even trying? Nobody cares. You're invisible. Shut up. God said, in the jail, I need you to go be a voice for the voiceless. I said, let's go. I'll be honest, I'm not lying to many circles, but you know what? God gives us talents. When we say yes, he gives us talents. He develops them, he brings them forward. And I think many of y'all learn now, my gift and talent that he gave me is I can have a whole conversation with a tree. As long as he don't get up and walk off, let's have that conversation. I welcome it. Because I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, I don't know what to say, but you say. And words start falling out of my mouth. The gospel is powerful when you fully surrender your heart. It's historical. Did you know that the, the Romans actually noted in some of their historical documents about the tomb, about the earthquake? There's a lot documented. You know, rather than destroying what Jesus has done is so much the world tries to do. If we try just as hard to walk Christ-like, many times you don't have to say a word. People say, I don't know what's going on with you. I see the peace. Let's talk about that. That's when the door opens up and you get to be the hands and feet of Jesus to share the power of the gospel. The gospel had power in the early church. It still has power today. We are seeing churches taking a stand. The gospel has the power to... Now hold on, we're going to run through a list. It has the power to change lives. Broken hearts mended. Darkened hearts are brought into life. The blind is made to see. The hardened heart is softened. Broken families are healed. I have witnessed that. Addiction chains have been broken. I have witnessed that. Hate is turned to love. Racism is healed. Apathy turns to empathy. Bitterness to forgiveness. Greed to generosity. Evil to holiness. Impurity to purity. Evils of, of the God Almighty are now called sons and daughters. The power of the gospel is amazing. Even if the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus didn't happen, my God is still on the throne. But God loved us so much. We talked last week about the... The sandwich board, walking around and, and having the, the salvation plan on there. And he's like, I don't know, anybody walk around and be mocked and scoffed and talked about. And Jesus did. Many times he sat silently. In the garden they called him. He said, here I am. Didn't run, didn't fight. I'm right here. A powerful church. And I know I'm going to get some pushback. That's okay. A powerful church is the one that stands in peace on God's scripture and tries their hardest to hold each other accountable so that we do see each other on the other side. Paul later in chapter 15, uh, it's actually verse 19, he says, if you've put our hope in Christ for this life only, you should be pitied. Because as a church, this life is not the only importance. This life, we're still lost to sin. We're still battling sin. Jesus didn't die for us to just be happy in this life. Scripture says that God wants us to have an abundance. It's not material. I believe it's the abundance of peace, the abundance of grace, abundance of mercy, abundance of fellowship, abundance of everything that we're going to experience on the other side. That's what he wants to give us an abundance of here as a glimpse of what we're going to enjoy on the other side. The last thing is that the gospel will persevere. The same gospel that is talked about here that was shared with the Corinthians is still true today. Generation after generation, person after person. But God, when God says he'll persevere, I don't know if you remember, I'm trying to remember the movie and I should have thought of this ahead of time. There was a movie with Kirk Cameron, I want to say it was about 10 years ago. And at the end of the movie, it was, it was this little boy and he had a, a cancer diagnosis. And he followed the family. And at the end of it, Kirk Cameron said, how do you defend a lion? And the little boy's just racking his brain. He's like, oh, you, you know, you 
jump in there with your, your weapons and you, you, know, you stand in front of him and, and he's letting the little boy go on and on and on. He said, you get out of his way. Many times we get in God's way. Many times we hinder. I got this God, let me do this. Let me show you what I can do. The gospel will persevere with or without us. When Paul says at the end, even the one that was born late, what he is saying, Paul did not come into being a believer in the beginning. He persecuted the church. And Jesus changed his heart. No matter where you're at, we don't all come into the gospel and, and know who Jesus is in early life. I was 24 before someone shared the gospel with me. I wasn't raised in church. Thursday night at Trustful, I was helping them and we were washing feet. And we were doing communion. And I'm standing over there on the side with, with Paul, the, the youth pastor, and, and we're giving communion out. This man in, in his 80s, he came up, Paul handed him and said, this is the body of Christ broken for you. And he leaned forward and he said, what do I do with it? He said, dip it in her wine. He said, oh, we're drinking? I was like, it's juice. And I leaned forward with a cup and I said, this is his blood shed for you. He said, I don't know what to do. I said, just dip it. He did. He said, can I eat it now? And I said, with all the blessings of heaven, you can. He's 80. I'm saying this story because I don't want you to assume somebody's age and they know Christ. Take the time when the Holy Spirit tells you to speak to somebody. Share the gospel with them. And then watch their life change. Watch them blossom right before your eyes. Don't make an assumption. Jesus said to the gates of hell, you will not prevail against my church. The gospel will persevere. Through thousands of years, millions of people, so much change has happened. But the gospel will persevere. You see, from a very small group of rejected ordinary men became teachers of the gospel. When they found out Jesus was alive, they were running. He's risen. His ministry was not lost at the cross. And his ministry gained momentum. I like to remind people that I know I get pushed back on this too. Probably get an email or a phone call after this one. I would rather be at the foot of Jesus sitting in dirt than admiring the Pharisees' decor. There's so many times that we forget the wonders because we're too worried about a stain in the carpet. There's a song by Third Day that says, my Jesus wouldn't be welcome. Because he would dirty the church. I think sometimes we forget it's not about the building. It's about the people. And Jesus took 12 redeemed thugs and changed the world. I'm thankful that in that moment where I'm sitting there at a prenatal visit, petrified of needles, about to be sick because I can't even look at a needle, and the nurse took the time she said, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. I need to share something with you. I wouldn't be here today. I was ready to check out. I'm thankful. And my son knows this. He's my anchor baby. God gave him to me to keep me on this earth because I would not leave him and him wonder, why did my mama not love me enough? Now I stand before you going, thank you, God, for loving me enough. Share the gospel. If you hear nothing else today, share the gospel. Because you don't know when God's going to use you to be an angel to somebody. Let's pray. Dear gracious Lord, may your grace be with us today as we reflect on the resurrection. God, as we go forth and gather with meals and family and we break bread, 
May we remember that it's your body you gave. They didn't take it. You gave for us. May your love be shared amongst all of us with the joy and the gift of fellowship. May we remember out of your grace and forgiveness you freely gave to us. Death has no hold on us. May we always give thanks with a heart overflowing with gratitude of your sacrifice and your love. We ask all things in the precious holy name of your risen son Christ. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 310. He lives. We'll sing the first and last verse. I serve a risen Savior. He is in the world today. Christ Jesus lives today. <clears throat> receive this benediction. May the God of peace who was raised from the dead, our Christ Jesus, provide you with every good thing you need in order to do his will. May the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you today and always. Now go in their peace and share the gospel. Amen. Amen.